Hey, Maggie. Hey, what? What do you say when you lose a game in Wii Sports? What? I want a Wii match. That's what. <laughs> <laughs>so much hype for god of war i know but this is a family show and god of war i, know, I, I mean i guess i guess well, it's about a, a family there's a kid in it there's a kid in it but he murders people so it's not really i mean he i'm hyped for bad it too. guys he does murder bad guys well we're gonna talk about it um it is a father-son story uh so i am gonna cry i'm sure um and that comes out we're recording this on thursdays on thursday this week normally record on mondays many of you be wondering what the heck steve why is the podcast so inconsistent recently some of that has been because i have been traveling others uh this week specifically you might even hear it in my voice i am sick Uh, we pushed off recording as long as i possibly could in the hopes that i would actually get better but uh you can hear i sound kind of sick so if you hear me sniffling whatever it is me it is no one in your immediate vicinity and to my understanding you can't catch anything from me through the microphone um at least that's my understanding of the science of how this works. So um, this week we are talking about video games. Specifically, we're going to talk about PAX East. Now I know PAX East is kind of old news for most of the video game world. However, um, I wasn't going to mess up the pattern and we had a cool guest last week. So we talked about board games. This week we are going to go through the cool games that I got my hands on. And man, did I get my hands on a bunch of them. And this is the format. I am going to pitch the man behind the curtain... And try to see whether or not he is hyped for these games. Um, The spoiler alert here is uh, he and I both get hyped for everything, so this is really just going to be a big hypothon. But I will definitely be critical when it is appropriate. I played a lot of games. PAX was four days long this year, which is probably too long, but I had a lot of fun, met a lot of people, um, and I uh, played many, many games. So we're going to do that. But before we begin, I would like to take a moment to thank everybody for listening this week. We hope the games you've been playing have been great. Let me tell you, me and the man behind the curtain have been playing some great stuff. Uh, But we do want to make our podcast more interactive. So please reach out to us on social media or join our group at EngageFamilyGaming.com slash community. uh, Or email me at editor at EngageFamilyGaming.com with any, um, you know, topics you want to talk about, questions you'd like to see answered, etc. Complaints. I'm fine with complaints too. Uh, You can tell me that I need to be better. It's okay. I get it. So, um, but bef- before we get into any of those topics, let's go around the horn, as we always do. Um, and, Mr. Tomlinson, I'm going to have you start, because we're going to start on the, uh, this is just the standard issue warning to give to parents. Um, you've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, which came out last fall, and you would like to confirm what I thought was somewhat obvious, but I want to go into it, that it is not for children. Yeah. Um, in previous games, like, uh, most of the graphics, like, yeah, you're going around killing bad guys, but, like, it, it didn't look so realistic and brutal as this one. This is, like, straight up, you know, blood sport. 
you know, okay. fighting and stuff like that. The story's amazing. Like, if you have an older kid, like, somewhere between, somewhere over 13, 15, they're going to get along just fine. There's no, like, um, no, like, sexual uh, scenes or anything okay, like so that. Okay, so hold on. It's just I have brutal. been told that there is one particular place where there's a lot of people not wearing much clothes. Yeah, but that's just because that's indigenous to the area. That you're gonna say that see that same stuff in um, National Ge- Geographic. I mean, I suppose that that is true. Um, yeah. With that said, it is an M-rated game. Um, I think that you're. I agree with you. There are a lot of folks that are a little bit more. You know, we're not here to judge anybody, right? As no. we've said, probably two or three dozen times over the course of, the, of our various episodes. Um, all we do is give information. Um, the I certainly don't recommend it for the younger kids, but there are a lot of folks that are you know fine with you know the 13 year olds or the 14 year olds venturing into the rated M titles, especially since it is a single player only game. Meaning this is a he's not your kids are not going to be rolling around in multiplayer talking to people, talking to strangers, picking up bad words. They're going to be uh, murdering bad guys, sometimes ambiguously bad, ambiguous bad guys in ancient Egypt, which is to some people more uh, acceptable than some multiplayer shooters. Also, there are no guns, um, yep. to my understanding. Uh, I think There's there a were, bow and arrow, that's about it. Well, all right, so no guns, And, that's and good. poison darts. Poison, poison darts, all right, poison darts. Poison darts are the best thing if you want to stealth out. You just sneak around a bush, you hit somebody, that kills that guy, and he has poison-like fumes coming off him. And he'll drop the entire base. Yeah, sure. That sounds exactly like something we should say is the best yes. in our family gaming podcast. So, um, so keep that one in mind, folks. As you know, maybe watch a YouTube video. Um, the ESRB has rated it. Um, you know, we're actually uh, Mr. Tomlinson is working on a review for our site, so uh, he'll have a review up there. We will include both the review text from the ESRB and Peggy uh, from the uh, from the EU, just to give everybody a pretty sound idea as to what is in this game. Um, and you'll be able to make some decisions of your own. Um, I'm, I can't wait to play it, but then again, I am a, uh, as I say before, a grown-ass man. So, um, it is one of those things where, you, you know, every parent's going to make their own decisions. Um, we have played it and tested it, and we can say... ESRB probably got this one right. It is rated M for mature for a reason. With that said, there is a standalone discovery mode which you can buy separately. It's about twenty dollars. Um, and if you are interested, if you're, if, let's say for example, you have a kid who is super interested in ancient Egypt, um, but they, you know, either aren't super good at video games, or maybe you're, you know, they're ten and you don't want them to be playing a crazy, uh, you know, murder game, uh, you can spend $20, which is cheaper than the game itself, um, and get the discovery mode, which is basically an interactive video tour of ancient Egypt um, with museum document, you know, with museum commentary. Like, this is high-quality stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, And that's 20 bucks, and it's available on PC. Uh, It's available with the game. So, for example, if you have a teenager that has, like, a 10-year-old younger brother or sister, you know, you could buy the game for the teenager, and the discovery mode is unlocked. It's part of the game. So you can download that, and they can play that. Um, I think that is not only a cool educational thing, uh, but I also think that it's a cool way for siblings um, who are of broad ages to kind of share the same experience because it's the same environments. They just turn the combat off. Um, 
And that's kind of neat, right? Like they can both climb to the top of the pyramids or, or see the or Sphinx. Or you could just buy it for yourself and then or you can you buy know, it for your younger sport. kid. Absolutely. Buy it for yourself yeah. and then your younger kid, you guys can play through the discovery mode and they can have the experience. Because one of the things about Assassin's Creed is and always has been the environments and being able to climb yeah. to the top of these awesome things. Um, you can do that in the discovery mode. So keep that in mind. Um, I think it's certainly interesting. I have been playing a very different game, Mr. Tomlinson. Um, I've been playing a game called Mages of Mistralia, which is, um, it sounds way more intense than it actually is. There is actually a video of me playing this game on our Facebook page right now, so go look for it. Um, basically, Mages of Mistralia is a Legend of Zelda game-ish where you play a little girl. Uh, I I, I say little girl because she is physically small, but I don't know how old she's supposed to be. Uh, But she lives in a world where mages uh, are illegal. Magic is outlawed. And it turns out that she is a mage. Go figure. Um, And the hook to this game is that you can create your own spells. You have four base spells. There is a lightning one, a fire one, ice one, and like a force field thing that is like the projection of your force, like your will. Um, And then you earn over time these runes that you can put into your spell book that change your spell. So for example, you may find one called move. And really all that does is that takes whatever the thing was and shoots it straight forward. Um, You might find one that makes it triple. So you shoot. So maybe you'll have move and you'll attach triple to it. So it shoots three fireballs or three ice blocks or whatever. Um, and as the game goes, the spells get even more complicated, even more bananas. Um, it is very cool. It is very fun. Currently, it's only available on Steam. However, it's coming to PS4, and they expect other things. They just weren't ready to announce anything yet. Um, yes, it's, I'm sure that this is coming to the Switch. This is perfect for the Switch. Um, I'm I was playing the video. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I, I mean, I think some of the animations are a little sketchy, you know, not and yeah. not literally because they're being drawn. But this is not a, you know, AAA game. But I don't think anyone really needs to expect it that way. It is cute. The puzzles are interesting. And, like, this is one of those things, like, if you have, um, if you or your kids really like toying around with ability trees and, like, really getting the most out of what your abilities can do, this game is cool because you can do it infinitely, um, basically, because anytime you reach a new challenge or a new boss, you can just delete all of your spells and recreate them to create exactly what you need to defeat the boss, um, and... The uh, or overcome the challenge, and they have said uh, in my talking with the developers that every time they see someone playing the game, they see them actually overcoming challenge people overcoming challenges in a different way with their own preferences, um, and even accounting for the way they move around the levels, um, which is super fascinating to me. Um, it is a Zelda like. Um, you definitely want to play with a controller if you're playing it on PC. It is not a mouse and keyboard friendly game. Um, but I just plugged in my PS4 controller and it worked without any yep. fidgeting or any problems um, on my Windows PC. Um, it's a lot of fun. I will probably, uh, I'm going away this weekend, but, um, and it is Labo weekend, which we will talk about in a moment, but I will probably be streaming more of that game over time, uh, just because I really think it's kind of neat. Um, and then we will put, be taking all those uh, Facebook streams, putting them on the YouTubes, because I think it is a very cool game. So that's Mages of Mistralia. You know what I forgot to mention that I've been what? playing? Um, there's a mobile game by the name of The Room by Fireproof uh, Games. Yep, The Room. The Her- fourth the fourth in the series, it. Old Old Sins, just came out. 
Okay. And it is so good. If you like puzzle, like real puzzle, like missed games, where sure. you just manipulate your, your surroundings, you're, you're like turning knobs and whatnot to unlock a box, to get a yep. key, to go across the room. It's a puzzle room. It's a puzzle yeah. room on your mobile device. Mobile exactly. Device. And um, they're really okay. high res, beautiful games. Okay. Um, I am still, from a mobile perspective, I am still addicted to Altos Odyssey. Um, I am stuck on a challenge that I don't know that I will ever be able to defeat. Um, but it is such a good game. It's absolutely gorgeous, um, and it's cheap. It's like two fifty or two ninety nine probably. Um, but you know that's Altos Odyssey. I've talked about that before. Um, and Altos Adventure also. Uh, on iOS and Android, both of which are uh, very good games. So so let's talk about some games that are coming out tomorrow. So we're recording this on March, on rather April 19th. So tomorrow is a pretty big day, I think, in the video game industry uh, because we have the release of God of War for the PlayStation 4. It's a Sony exclusive. Um, and we have the Nintendo Labo, which we have talked about at length on the podcast. It is finally Labo Day tomorrow. Uh, go figure... I am leaving to go to a LARP tomorrow, so uh, the general, who is far to my right while I record this, will be picking them up like a trooper, um, and she and hopefully uh, Linda, our one of our board game hosts, will be getting together to build them with the kids, um, so keep your eye on our Instagram page. Uh, because there will be lots, and as well as our Twitter and our Facebook, uh, because there will be lots of pictures and videos and boomerangs, etc., of the game being used. And then when I get home on Sunday night, you may or may not see me as a giant robot, <laughs> um, devastating a small city. Um, also, you can transform, so you know I'm doing that. You know I'm doing that. So that's the Labo. Um, what do you think? What, do you think on the eve of the Labo, is this going to be... A hit or a miss? Um, with the creativity tools that the kids have access to with Labo, because there's stuff within that we just learned about that is going to be program sensitive, so you could build your own games. I think this is going to be like the sleeper hit. Like the older people, the people that are just like, you know, I'm 30. And I bought a Switch because I have money and I don't have kids. Why are they coming out with these kids' games? It's not going to hit with them because they're not going to, unless they want to, they're not going to build stuff for them. This is going to be the sleeper hit, the, the, the Minecraft games, the, the, um, just the, the creativity that the kids have today with the computers and design and architecture is just amazing and they'll they'll be able to build something nice out of what they have. I agree. I think the the I actually think that the Nintendo not announcing like the 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 Labo Garage like mm-hmm. with that customization, not announcing that alongside the cardboard. I think that was a mistake um because I think yeah. a lot of people assumed that these were like one and done Lego sets yeah. and really didn't understand that the software was I think probably the bigger part of this than exactly. the the models themselves. Like they're giving well, us stuff to work with. But everybody's like sixty dollars for cardboard. It's like no, it's never going to be sixty dollars for cardboard. It's all of that software behind it that you use for ca- cardboard as skins to manipulate the game. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I also 
I really think the software is the big key. I mean, they, they are coming with cartridges. We're going to be putting stuff in our thing, in our switches. Um, and I think that the fact that further downloadable, like the, the fact that they can give us Labo DLC yeah. um, with and have it just be literal cardboard, um, they'll be able to make it cheaper. Um, this is one of those things that I really feel like it will be a hit um, just because I think that there is – I don't think it's going to be a hit like Horizon was a hit or no. like Mario Odyssey was a hit. I don't think it needs to be this earth-shattering thing in order to be successful. I think it it's going to reach a certain audience. There's a group of people that are going to be really into it um, and I think that if – as long as the, – the, because the costs to produce are going to be low. Um, you know, because it's cardboard, you know, like making this thing is going to be pennies. This is all a logistics thing, but we all know Nintendo's good at that. Um, I think this is going to be interesting. Um, I mean, we'll see. It, and it's also coming out in the spring, right? So we have summer vacations, and I think that's going to be a big hit. But also, who, that leaves them plenty of time to come up with another kit for the holidays. Exactly. Um, so I can't wait to be at E3 and see the Nintendo booth because you know they're going to have some Labo stuff there. Um, and I really hope they bring the fire with some really interesting Labo kits. I mean, we know what kinds of stuff they can do. Yep. Um, they gave us the robot. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, there's more they can do. Um, because we haven't made Link's shield yet. We haven't made nope. Link's sword. We haven't made Samus's arm cannon um, mm-hmm. You know, like, they have obvious things that they just haven't taken advantage of. And I'll be real, people will make, you know, people will absolutely go nuts when they start making, like, licensed stuff out of their own out of their own characters. So, yeah, I can't wait. Um, I'm excited about it. We're getting it tomorrow. I'm sad that I'm going to be leaving. Um, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I'm hyped for God of War 2, man. And that's the other thing that's coming out tomorrow. Um, it's hard... It's hard to talk about it on a family show, um, but I think it is worth noting uh, this game is being praised across the board right now. Um, I don't yep. think anybody's saying it's bad. This is feeling like a transcendental, trans, transcendent game. Transcendent? <laughs> transcendent, yes. Uh, for those wondering, I did absolutely uh, look to my right and ask the general if I was saying the right word. Is transcendental a word? That's also a word? Do they mean the same thing? She doesn't know. I'm going to say transcendent because I think that's what I, I actually was trying to say. Um, so, tra- because um, the biggest thing, and this is probably about as far into it as we'll go, is this game is uh, one shot. Meaning, yep. unless you die, uh, the camera never cuts away. So it's a very personal story about a character who nobody really wanted to get personal with before because Kratos, yeah. the god of war, is not a good dude. Um, and now he is still not a good dude. Um, I would presume. Um, however, he's dealing with that. So, um, this is going to be one for the grown-ups, most definitely. However, um, I think there might be something, you know, we're going to have a review up on the site um, because we're going to talk about it. Um, you know, we made the uh, the editorial decision at the beginning of the year to review, you know, some of the higher profile rated M games. Um, God of War is the first of them. Um, I'm sure we'll do Call of Duty and we're definitely going to do Red Dead Redemption. Um, But God of War, I think it's going to be one of those games that we're going to want to keep an eye on uh, because this is one of those games that may be worth, you know, if you get it for yourself, maybe don't trade it in and save it for when your kids are a little bit older Um, because I think this is going to, this might be one of those games kind of like The Last of Us where we're going to need to 
uh, where we're, we're going to want our kids to play it when they're older. Exactly. So, um, Mr. Tomlinson, did you have anything to add on the uh, God of War discussion? Um, this is very much a story about a father and son. Um, yep. I don't know where the uh, new wife is because in the original games, he loses his family. Okay. So, and the, the original game is just, yeah, <laughs> it's a revenge story. From, from the first minute of the game, it's a revenge story because, you know, Ares accidentally makes him kick off his family. So in this new game, he has a new family. It's in Norse mythology. So you also get the addition, if you are playing this alongside your kid, that they will learn about the uh, Norse gods like Zeus and Loki and stuff. It's not as family friendly as Thor, but it's definitely an interesting I mean, take on everything. It is most definitely not as family friendly as Thor, um, but you know. But the the whole one take thing, you know, they they took that note from uh, the Uncharted games, and they just took it next level. There is no cutscenes. This is complete third person. Camera moves around you camera pans over to like it pushing you into a scene mm-hmm. and then pans back over to you for you to continue fighting yeah yeah welcome to god of war so this is going to be an interesting uh folks watch a youtube video uh, if you're a grown-up and you like action games uh i yep. think god of war and you like and you own a ps4 i think god of war is one of those things that you probably want to look at however uh, for uh, the rest of us, um, you know, you can safely skip it uh, because it is not family gaming appropriate. So, um, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, I'm going to sell you some uh, some games from PAX East. Take all my money. I am definitely going to spend a lot of your money. Welcome back, everybody. My name is still Steven. This is still Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is still episode 127, and I am still here with the man behind the curtain. And we are still talking about video games. Specifically, though, we've already gone around the horn. We talked about some games that are coming out tomorrow. But now, we're going to talk about some games that are in various stages of release. Um, Specifically, many of the indie games that I got my hands on at PAX East 2018. Now, I will tell you this. I did not play nearly everything. There were dozens more games that I did not get my hands on uh, that I wanted to. This was a crazy, huge show, but I was only one man. I am but one man. So, um, for those of you hearing the sirens, that is uh, us, not you. Yeah, um, that is us, not you. All right, they're so not those, coming to get you. Yeah, for those they of are. you, for those of you uh, listening to us while driving, that was ours, not yours. Um, so, uh, so I'm just gonna go right from the top. I have my handy dandy notebook, and we're just gonna roll through it. Um, so, um, let's talk about projection first. Now, projection is a puzzle platformer. I think it made me feel a lot like Limbo. Uh, and inside, meaning it is a side-scrolling, independent platformer. Here's the difference. It is all about shadows and shadow puppetry. You are a shadow puppet, and you control the shadow puppet who is trying to platform through these levels, but you also control a light that stands behind the stage, and you move it around to create shadows. If you create a shadow that you happen to be able to jump on or walk on, you made a platform, you can go. You can use that to fling you around the level, to raise you up and down and create uh, elevators, 
etc. Uh, if you create a shadow around you, you actually make you stuck. Um, it's super neat. Can't wait to see it speedrun. Um, that is going to be a, uh, a pattern uh, because a lot of the games that I saw this year are all ready to just be at AGDQ next year. So um, that is projection extra factoid. Uh, they were inspired by multiple different countries and their um, uh, and their different styles of shadow puppets. So it's going to have like different art styles. Like the very the demo I played was very like Eastern European, um, but they it's will absolutely very pretty. Yeah, it's super pretty. Um, with that said, as pretty as it is, it is very yellow and black. Yep. Because it's got like that, you know, kind of paint, you know, that, that old school, you know, paper Animation, look. Yeah. Um, and then obviously sh- the shadows are all black. So um, I think that is very cool. Uh, it is coming to Switch. I actually played it on the Switch. Um, mm-hmm. But it is coming to other... Yeah, the, the company, the, the games that were running on the Switch were all super ready to show you the switch. Yeah. Like they had them out there in the demoers hands, just handing them to people, um, which I think was very smart because yeah. let me tell you, um, people want to buy games for their switch. And by people, I mean me and John. So that's projection. Um, it is 2019. It is still very early in development. Um, well, I mean, very early in development is kind of, a misnomer. It's still in development. Uh, probably coming 2019 to consoles, PC, and Switch. What do you think? I, I'm excited. Okay. Like, I didn't really get into Limbo games, but, like, this looks like one that has a better transversal. Than, transversal? Like it, it, Traversal, it, it, you mean? Transversal, I don't think that's a word. My wife's not okay. here to correct us, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to assume. It it just looks like the way you can mimic things is a little bit better. How you could mimic the the how you could manipulate, sorry, the environment. Fair. Fair. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I'm pretty hype about it. Um in compared to some of the other games I played, not quite as much. However, I think that it is certainly gonna be interesting and I think people will like it. Next I wanna talk about Earth Knight. You might have heard about Earth Knight. How do you spell that? Earth Knight is spelled like Earth and like Night. Like, it is not day, Earth. it is night. And they are one word. Uh, this is an anime-themed Dragon Apocalypse Infinite Runner. Are you in, or are you in? Oh, it looks so pretty. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Earth Knight is, as I said, an anime-themed Dragon Apocalypse Infinite Runner. So this is made by a bunch of people that wanted to make a game. Um, they originally started making just a regular Infinite Runner. Um, because they were, they started working like five or six years ago when Infinite Runners were all the rage, as many of us who played mobile games will know. However, um, they really decided uh, that they wanted to kick it up a notch and add some depth. Um, so there are two playable characters. One is a little schoolgirl who happens to be African-American, and the other is an old dude, like a bald guy with a beard, who happens to be a freelance photographer. I don't know why he's a freelance photographer, but he is. Um, and they both play very differently. Most notably, she is the advanced version because she has lots of different ways that she can jump. She can jump down, uh, so you can jump up and she can kind of like power rush down to the ground. She can dash forward, she can dash back. She has a double jump. Um, And the other guy, really, it's all pickup dependent. He is an easier character to control. Um, I really, really enjoyed this game. In fact, I played it, it was my first appointment 
at PAX and I went back and played it the next day because I needed to get some more time in. Um, basically, you are riding the back of procedurally generated dragons. Um, there, uh, the replay value comes in the fact that there are eggs on each level that you need to that you want to find. Um, but that's pretty much it. Um, you are, you unlock pickups in the game by basically picking up items that are strewn throughout the level, and then as soon as you die or finish a level, you automatically have those items converted into water, which is your currency, and then you can spend that water on buying new pickups, new items, leveling them up, etc. Um, the demo I played had all of the unlocks unlocked, and it got bananas. Like, the, old, the older guy can have a sword that as soon as he picks up on certain enemies, he just cuts through them. He gets a little bit of a dash. There are boots. There are, you know, all the normal stuff that you would imagine. Um, this game is really fun. Uh, it is coming out later on this year. It's going to be available on all sorts of things um, that they were not super ready to tell me. Although I did play it on a PS4 controller. Um, and it will certainly be available on PC. Um, they didn't want to... They, 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 they implied but could not say. Um, but they, they were not ready to talk about other consoles, but they are aware that other consoles exist. Yeah, so, from what, I, what I've what i come to gather, um, this was announced at E3 2015 on PS, Vita, and PS4. So its odds are that they got a little bit of leeway to go to other uh, consoles. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I suspect that it will be finding its way onto other consoles. This is not a graphically taxing game, despite the fact that it is um, really pretty. Uh, all the Every frame of animation is hand-drawn by one guy. Um, I did yeah. not get to meet him because he is super shy and had zero interest in being uh, at the show because he does not like people. Um, so he made the rest of them go. Um, I actually have a video that I put up on our Instagram of uh, one of the guys that helped make the music playing guitar along with the game. Um, and that was super interesting. Um, yeah, I can't wait to play this game. And for any of you that wonders what's going on, just literally go watch a video of Earth Knight. Yeah. This is probably one of the coolest looking games I have seen in years. Yeah, the, the, the attention to detail and just the character design... Like, not just the characters, but the dragons themselves. It just looks amazing. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So that is... Um, that is Earth Knight. Now I'm going to talk about Trailmakers. Trailmakers is very simple. You get... It's from... it's uh, You have Legos, but they're not really Legos. And you have to build a race car or a plane or a helicopter or a pod racer. And you complete challenges. There is a progression mode, which is super neat. But there is also a like a sandbox mode, which is what I played in, where there's just a big world with a bunch of challenges in it. And you just go, um, they gave me a pod racer. And I played with a pod racer. And by the way, I am not a good pod racer. I crashed into the things all the time. But that's okay. It looks like a mix of Legos and those, um, the sheet metal uh, with yep. bolts, uh, Lego oh, yeah, totally. type uh, clones. Totally, that's yeah. absolutely. Well, I mean, that's those are Erector sets. Erector, what you're that's, describing. That's why I was those about. aren't Lego. I don't think those are Lego clones. I think those are different. I didn't have Legos or uh, Erector. I had uh, constructs, which were plastic constructs. ones. 
Yeah, yeah. Yep. As did I. As did I. Constructs yeah. were pretty rad. Um, I used to make swords out of my constructs uh, with yep. my brother, and we would fight with them. Obvi, um, that my parents hated it because making swords out of constructs breaks constructs. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> um, but what are you going to do? Um, the, it was always better uh, when because the Ninja Turtles were around. It was always better to make Psy, uh, which were uh, raft weapons because they were yep. more sturdy. Um, and then you could just punch your brother and not actually break the construction. You just punch him, and then it would be fine. So um, it is. It, this game is is hard. Because it is not easy to make a car that goes, believe it or not. Um, yeah. I struggled with it. Um, but this is super neat. Uh, they actually gave me a code. So me and uh, Evan and Jake are probably going to build... Uh, we're probably going to do a stream sometime next week where we build a car. Um, and just see how badly we crash. Um, but it's super neat. Um, you know, It's coming to PC. Uh, it's also playable on Xbox One. So that is interesting. Uh, they spent a lot of time working on the controller to make sure that that worked. Um, and what's interesting is uh, a lot of the stuff they put in to make it easier to use for the controller um, turned out to be awesome quality of life improvements that they just moved over to the PC. So, for example, you can just hit a button and it will – like if you put a wheel on the side of a car, you hit a button and it just puts the same wheel on the other side of the car. Oh, so it like like it just repeats. It. So it like repeats it, but it repeats it like attached the same way, which is super neat. Um, That's turns so out, smart. Yeah, it was really, and that wasn't there in the PC version, but they put it in for the controls because they wanted to try and streamline it, and they were like, "Wait, this feels real good," and they knocked it out, and people love it. Um, it makes complex builds pretty awesome. Um, the, it's already out in early access on Steam. Um, and so there are some folks that are playing it. They have like an early access community that's really excited. Um, and they're adding, they have post-launch support support uh, planned. They're going to add tank treads because that's very uh, commonly requested and it's not available. Um, and the other thing is, it's really interesting, is they don't have a lot of parts. Um, this is all about Legos, but they really tried to pare down the number of parts. Like there's only four kinds of tires. There's only so many different kinds of engines because um, their goal was they didn't want to overwhelm people with choice, um, yeah. which I, again, I think this is, a lot of smart decisions coming from this relatively small team. Um, we'll have more about this game and likely a stream next week or maybe the week after as we find time. Um, so that is Trail Makers. There's also uh, other modes that kind of look like uh, snipper clips where kinda. you're like uh, doing different little puzzles. Yes, there is more to the game, um, and I think that there will continue to be more to the game. I think it is super yeah, interesting. The team really cool. is. It's a bunch of really nice guys, too, um, which I think is, you know, that's important to me. Um, you know, supporting people that are really into their work and really love what they're doing. So that's Trail Makers. Now, let's put a pin in that because you'll notice I'm being very careful with my pronunciation. This is Trail Makers. That's because there's another game with a similar name later on, and they're very different. And I want to make sure we get it right. Um, next is 20XX. Now, Mr. Tomlinson, you've heard of this one. Don't Google it. I Don't believe Google so. It. You've definitely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We talked. Twenty XX is an infinite runner, or not an infinite runner. It is a roguelike Mega Man game with multiplayer. Um, It's already available on Steam and has been doing very well on Steam. They're very happy with it. They're moving it to PS4, and they also recognize that other consoles exist, but have nothing to announce yet. Um, This feels to me like it fits. Perfectly on the Nintendo Switch. Um, oh, yeah. 
This looks like it would be great to come out like at a Nintendo Direct or something, get people extra hype about it. But um, I played through a multiplayer uh, of this game, um, and I really dug it. Um, it are, like I said, it's already out on Steam, but they are adding uh, PS4 support as well as a new character. Um, I have a preview going up on EngageFamilyGaming.com that will be there on Monday. But uh, this new character's name is Hawk. Now, the first two characters were Nina and Ace, and they were, respectively, Mega Man and Zero. They were meant to play like those characters, um, because this is lovingly crafted to be like Mega Man X, only a roguelike, meaning every time you play, the levels are different. Hawk is Simon Belmont, so she fights with a whip, um, which is cool, but here's the cool thing about that whip. Um, Not only does it do melee damage, but it also... Um, drains weapon energy from your opponents um, when you hit them. So she is not pickup dependent for her special weapons. So you have to use your special weapons. So having her around or playing as her means you really have to balance your attacks versus your use of the special weapons. And so you basically always are using them. Um, And it really makes the game very different because historically when you're playing Mega Man, you only want to use the specials when it matters. Um, here, you have to use it, otherwise you are wasting. For a while, I was just conserving it, and the guy that was playing with me was like, dude, you should use your weapons. That's the point of this character. Once I started using it, it changed everything, and it is very different than most Mega Man games just by that nature, because you have to use it. Otherwise, every time you melee attack, if you're already at full weapon health, you're missing. Um, Like, you're missing out. Um, So it is super cool. It's called 20XX because that's... Like, when the Mega Man games happen, they're just sometime in the future, but not the far future. I don't know, man. But um, it's cool. It's cartoony. There is a lot of game here, because every time you play, it's different. Um, And three heroes, and I'm sure they're going to add more, because this game, especially as this game gets more and more successful. Yeah, it looks so pretty. It's super fast. It plays like Mega Man X. If you have played Mega Man X, for example, if you played Mega Man X on your SNES Classic, or if you're planning to play Mega Man X on the Mega Man X collections that are coming to the Switch and the PS4 and the Xbox One later on this year, uh, or really this summer, just a couple of months from now, um, and you say, you know what, this feels good, but I just want infinity of it, Mm -hmm. boom, there you go. Um, And I think it's neat. Um, they also have a hedgehog boss that rides around on a motorcycle. So there's that. Because you need that. Because of course you do. Um, so that is 20XX. Um, I'm not going to go through literally everything I played. I'm going to try and do the highlights next. Um, um, I think it's hot take time. Yep, go ahead. I have a nuclear hot take for you. Um, I think Brawlout is better than Super Smash Brothers. Uh... I think so, too. I think uh, the problem with Smash Brothers and its community is that they're locked into the characters that they have, and they only expect one or two more, and um, there's no real uh, advancements on the movements. Yeah, and I mean, they, they want the game to be the same. Yeah. Um, now, here's what I want to say this. The analog to I think Brawlout is better than Smash Brothers is like I like tacos better than pizza. I want to be real. Yeah, both of them are fantastic. Um, I like Brawlout. Can I let me tell you some reasons why I like Brawlout? Um, I don't like Brawlout because of the character 
the characters are not super diverse, right? There's not a lot of difference between them. Um, no. There's a big character screen, but a lot of characters are kind of clones of each other. Um, I do like in the newer versions that I can play as Juan from Guacamelee uh, yep. or Hyperlight Drifter. Um, so that is fun. Um, however, I don't. I, I hate games where I have to hit a button to block. Yeah. Um, and there is no block button. In Brawl Out, you're not blocking. You're dodging, and I am fine with dodging. I just don't like blocking. Um, and they um, you know, they added some cool game modes that I am super down with. Uh, basically, they have this new party game mode where instead of adding items to the game, because there are no items in Brawl Out, um, each, each time you play, there is a different game mode. So there's one where, you know, Poison, where somebody is it. And in order to not be it and slowly take damage, you have to hit somebody else. Um, and then you kind of pass around this poison uh, throughout the level. And that's neat. There's a King of the Hill where you've got a belt, like a wrestling belt on the ground. And you're trying to fight over it to secure the belt. And then you have to defend it for a certain amount of time. And the idea is you play through these mini games um, that all utilize the same fighting mechanics. And it's whoever gets the first five points wins. Um, I loved that. <coughs> um so, um, yeah, I think Brawl Out, which is currently available on Switch and PC, but is also coming to Xbox One and, I believe, PS4. Um, yeah, I think Brawl Out... Uh, I would rather, at this point, play Brawl Out than Super Smash Brothers. Now, does that mean that I would turn down or turn my nose up at a game of Smash Brothers? No. However, I think it is better. And I can't really... Um, and I know people are going to come at me about this, and if you want to, come at me, but I love it. Um... So that's Brawl Out. That's Brawl Out. Man, that game is so good. And it's cheap. It's like 20 bucks, guys. Just go buy it. Um, even if it's just to have a break, it's $20. Also, Smash is not on the Switch yet. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, it's coming. But until in the meantime, there's going to be a lot of parties this summer, guys. Get some Brawl Out. Speaking of Switch games, let's talk about Lightfall. That was on the Nintendo Nindy Direct. This is a game where you're a little shadow dude jumping through these levels and you create your own platforms. They were not freaking kidding, John. You create your own platforms. Um, you can create four of them before you have to touch the ground, and they really influence uh, or encourage, rather, creative thinking. This game is going to be broken so hard by speedrunners. Um yeah. But the, the jumping mechanics are fluid and beautiful. It feels so good. It is very hard, but equal at equal parts kind of accessible. You have to teach yourself a new way of jumping. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to, like, instantly double jump. You know, because I have a problem where, like, I'll hit the jump button twice. And so I'll jump a few pixels and then double jump again. You can't do that. You really have to just float through the levels beautifully in order to really take advantage of it. Because um, you have your double jump counter, which you reset when you land on a block that you create, but you have to create four... You can't create any more than four blocks before you land. Um, it is super pretty, um, even though it has the problem of being kind of purple and white and black. Maybe a little yellow. Um, it's still absolutely gorgeous. Um, and there's a pretty interesting story from what I can tell so far? Like, I'm kind of into finding out what happened with these guys. What do you think? I I love it. It's, it's very much just like, it's a speed, it's like an infinite runner version of like Super Meat Boy, where you're just bouncing off of walls and just heading in one direction for the most part. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is. It even has a speed running mode. Yep. There's a built-in speed running mode uh, where you're going to be able to play through levels that you have defeated and uh, compete with times for leaderboards. This game is going to get busted to hell. Yep, and it's very pretty too. It's, it yes. looks like a joy to even watch being played. Yeah. Um. Next, I want to talk about Sleep Tight. Have you heard about Sleep Tight? Uh, no. Let me set the stage for you. Sleep Tight is a twin-stick shooter where you are a kid defending your living room from monsters using squirt guns and nerf guns. I think I heard about this. Yes. Um, yeah, that, is. like, smash TV stick shooter. Kinda. Only yeah. you are a little kid doing what we all did, which is defending our living room from interlopers using nerf guns and squirt guns. Um... This game is all about night versus day. During the day, you are spending your sun points, quote-unquote, to build pillow forts and set up turrets that are big nerf Vulcans or whatever and upgrade them. Um, and then at night, you are uh, defending yourself from attacking um, monsters. This game is super cool. It controls very well. It's animated by a group of computer animators. One of them actually worked on Pixar games, or Pixar movies, rather. Um, so you know he knows what he's doing. Yep. Character design is on point. Um, we also have a preview of this one going up on Monday, but man, did I enjoy this game. Um, this is probably one of the games I enjoy the most. It is coming to Switch, um, and it is coming to PC, and I think it's coming to the other stuff eventually, um, but maybe I'm making assumptions. It's definitely coming to PC and Switch, um, and man, is it super fun. This game is so super fun. Yeah, um, it looks like a joy to play. Yes, folks, definitely, if nothing else, go watch this on YouTube. You will enjoy yourself. So that is um, Sleep Tight. Probably only, let me look at the clock here. Got time for a couple more. Um, Let's talk about The Messenger. How can I forget The Messenger? There is already a preview up on my site. Um, It's called uh, The Messenger Delivers. Do you see what I did there? Yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um... Messenger, I thought it was just going to be like a generic ninja game, right? Like, I went in there excited because I loved ninja games. I thought it was going to be a generic ninja game. And it turns out that it is not just a generic ninja game. There is some stuff, right? It's fast. It controls well. The buttons work super well. Um, They clearly spent a lot of time. Um, But the cloud step mechanic, which is the ability to, if you hit something in midair, it charges like a double jump. Um, so you can like hit something at the top of your jump and then fall a bit and then use your cloud step. It, it, some of the platforming challenges are just maddening, um, but it's so cool. Um, and also you jump between times, and some of them are 8-bit and some of them are 16-bit. The soundtrack is baller. Um, and also uh, it's genuinely funny, and I did not expect a funny game at all. Not even a little bit expecting yeah, a funny I didn't know game. No, it's gonna be funny. That's even no, it's better. funny. The shopkeeper totally breaks the fourth wall in a. Oh, clean, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, in a clean Deadpool kind of way. Um, and every time you die, this little demon brings you back to life. Um, and he is a jerk, and he makes fun of you for the way you died. Um, and apparently, he has several thousand different insults he levies at you. Um, he level levied many at the many of them at me. So he's like a saucy resetty from uh, Animal Crossing. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely sarcastic. Um, and what happens is um, he steals your money for a while after he resurrects you. Yep. 
because you got to pay the man. Um, yeah, and he's exactly. like, man, I'm getting rich. Toll. Yeah, and he's like, man, I'm getting rich. And I'm like, oh, that hurts. Um, so that's The Messenger. Man, that game is so good. Um, so lastly, oh, man, I there's so many. Just do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Go to EngageFamilyGaming.com on Monday uh, and Tuesday of uh, this coming week and just look for the crazy um, amount of articles being published because there will be a lot of them. Um, and we'll be, you know, the more I think about it, the more, it's probably going to take me all week. This is going to be crazy guys. So stay tuned all next week for PAX week of coverage on the site. Um, because there's stuff that I can't, I just don't have time to talk about, but I want to talk about Tunic. Now, this is a game we are going to be, we are in the, I was just sent B-roll to do a parent's perspective, uh, or a parent's preview, as it were, of Tunic. Uh, this is a Zelda-like role-playing game where you play this super adorable fox and that's it, man. It is the most charming, endearing um, little role-playing game I have ever played. Um, There's some deep combat mechanics in it. Um, I am so hyped for this game. We are still very early in development, so probably looking at a 2019, so we're really not doing much for a while on this, but it is so pretty. Um, so pretty, so in fact. Adorable. Yes. Let me tell you how much this game hit me. I was in line to play the new Shovel Knight game. Next in line to play the King Knight expansion. Next in line. And I had been waiting for about 20 minutes. And then I was looking at my Instagram and Greg Miller, of Kind of Funny fame, on his Instagram story said, Hey, I can't wait to play Zelda as this cute little fox. And I went, where is that? And then I immediately looked it up and ran over there. I left the line at Yacht Club to go play this game. Dude. Wow. Dude. This is going to be one of our big games the year it comes out. Because it is gorgeous. It is cute. Um, I'm going to stream the heck out of this. Um, So, And it's called Tunic because you're a little fox in a shirt. Yeah, the tunic. Um, and it's adorable. Uh, there is no reading. There will not be any reading. Um, this is not intended to be a children's game. However, um, you know, it's certainly going to be accessible. Well, the demo I played was short, but gave me a real good idea as to what this game's going to be about. Trust me, folks. It's going to be a good idea to keep our eyes on this. And the good news is I will be keeping my eyes on it for you because we'll be doing regular previews of this game until it comes out. Uh, We might even be lucky enough to have the designer or the community manager on our podcast. Excellent. Um, They also showed me a game. We're not going to be previewing it, but I just want to talk about this game called Overland, which is Oregon Trail meets XCOM. Okay. You're a group of survivors posted in an alien apocalypse and you are trying to get across the country. Um, and I'm down. I'm down. Um, it was very cool. It's very hard. But the Oregon Trail was really hard. So, um, and there is a half dozen or more. You know, there's, I'm looking at my list here. There's like eight or nine games that I'm going to be writing about that I haven't talked about yet. And, you know, we're out of time today. There is There was a lot of great stuff, and I didn't even touch everything. And I've got E3 in two months. Yep. So, folks, there are a lot of great video games on the horizon. But I know that I'm not talking about all of them. If you were at PAX or you saw PAX coverage and there was maybe something I missed, please 
head on over to engagefamilygaming.com slash community and let me know what your thoughts were. Um, point them in my direction. I can still reach out to people and talk to them um, because it's coverage season. Everybody wants to get their games on every blog and website they can. So, uh, Mr. Tomlinson, um, of the ones I told you, give me, give me, give me the two that you are most hype about. I'm gonna go with Tunic. Tunic. And then, um, what was the other one? Uh, what was the one with the little kids in the fort? Sleep tight. Sleep tight, yeah. Sleep tight. Sleep tight's coming very soon. Lightfall yeah. also is coming very soon. Lightfall is April 26th. That's next week. I will be requesting my pre- my uh, preview code tomorrow, um, and we'll probably be downloading it uh, while as soon as I get home. Um, so I am very excited about that game. So that is all the time we have today, folks. We'd like to thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. We'll be back next week with more board games. Specifically, Mr. Collegian and I will have a guest who has a Kickstarter live. Um, I can't even remember the name of it because it's so... But it's, an, it's, a, it's a card game, adventure game. Um, let me look. Hold on. It's like literally right on the tip of my tongue, everybody. John, say something charming. Something. To make up for the t- something charming. Something I can't believe charming. you got invited to the uh, Microsoft E3 yeah, how about presentation. That? How about that, yeah. right? Mind blown. I was like, they'll let anybody in here, huh? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going. So, yeah, while, while I'm looking this up, how, how cool is that? Not only is Engaged Family Gaming going to be at E3 with a bigger team that is a more experienced team than we have ever been, but I, yours truly, was invited to the Microsoft press conference, which is absolute proof that they're slumming it this year, folks. Uh, I'll go letting... when uh, we get invited to the Sony uh, conference. Oh, yeah? All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Apparently, the Sony one is real hard to get into. Apparently, you got to yeah. know somebody. Um, so, our guest next week will be the man behind Dobbers, Quest for the Key. It is a card game about these gnome-like creatures called Dobbers. Uh, It's a family-friendly deck-building adventure game. And he will be here to talk about his Kickstarter and help promote it. Um, It is also our Kickstarter campaign of the week, and that actually goes live on Friday morning. So, um, for those of you listening, thank you very much. Um, Please... If you would be so kind, leave us a review. Share us with your friends. We're trying to improve our download numbers. We want to get the word out to more people. So please, you know, do your part. We'd appreciate it. But until next time, this is Stephen and John signing off. But we want to remind you to get your family game on. We'll see you next week, folks. 52 days till E3. No. No. No time. No time. No time. What's what hype? Hype. All the hypes. All the hypes. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.